I'm excited to be here this afternoon. It's been a good, good morning. Um, are y'all enjoying this series, Let It Begin? Yes, it has been phenomenal. You are by far the best preacher I've ever heard. I'm telling you, it's like every time I hear this sermon, the Lord will speak something different to me. And so it's been really life-changing and impacting to me. So I just want to say thank you for being a firebomb preacher. Yes. I love to be with you, and um, some of you who may not know, he does travel and preach a lot. It's an opportunity um, that he's been able to do, and this year he has turned a lot of opportunities down because we really want to be planted here and be all in in what God is doing here, and um, I think God is honoring that by even allowing us to go to the White House because you're honoring him. Anyways, praise God. We're here. We're going to let it begin. If you have your Bibles, does anyone in here have your Bibles? Yes, all two of you. Glad. Hey, that's okay. We've got the Bible on the screens. If you have them, would you turn to Matthew chapter 5? Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read a very, very, very familiar passage. But don't tune out. Lean in. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something in you today. So let's read Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I'm going to read another scripture, 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. This is actually where the Lord um, illuminated this uh, sermon today. It says, this is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we share life with him, but we keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves, and we're not living the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from all sin. If you're taking notes today, I have simply entitled this, Light It Up. Light it up. Touch your neighbor and say, light it up. Now touch the neighbor that you ignored and say, hey, it's time to light it up. Light it up. Hey, would you bow your heads? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful day. God, we thank you, God, for giving us another day of life. Father, another day to worship you, another day to adore you, to bring you honor and glory and praise. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do something today in each and every one of our lives, God, that you would speak to our hearts and that it would still be ringing in our ears. We love you, Jesus. And if you love them, everybody said... Amen. 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 And amen. So as I was thinking about this, I started to look everywhere I looked. I was just noticing different types of lights. And it was almost as if everywhere I went, I was only thinking about a light bulb. And the funny thing about me and light bulbs is I hate them. (laughs) Okay. And not really. I love them. But I cannot stand replacing light bulbs. Like the physical labor of it all day, but going and purchasing the light bulb, 
not my gifting, okay? There's a thousand options. Have you ever been to Home Depot and seen all the light bulbs you can choose? I don't know which one to get. Just give me the one that works and looks like the rest. But I don't have that gifting. I don't know if I get fluorescent, iridescent, incandescent, LED. Everyone says to get LED, so I always buy that. But it's always the wrong size. It's not the right wattage, wrong color. I'm just like, just not good at it. In my bathroom right now on our vanity this is very embarrassing to say, but this is real life. In my vanity, I've got two lights that are like yellow. I've got one that's like this cool Edison looking light. I got one light that's completely out. And then I have one light that's just white. And the Edison one is LED. So when you turn the light on in my bathroom, it's literally, they're all different colors. And then the LED one is like, you know, it like takes forever to turn on. It's like, this is my bathroom and this is what I look like. Great. Praise God for that. But we're obsessed with lights. We have this fascination with lights. Does anyone in here like Christmas lights? Yes. Jesus reigns in Christmas lights. Okay. I love Christmas light. We will pay money to go look at Christmas lights, right? You know, the tunnel you drive through and they're like different colors and they're surrounding. I mean, that is me. I, I love it. I will just stare and look at this beautiful picture of lights, right? There's something in our society. We love lights. We love my son. The first time he saw the moon, he was like, mom, ball, ball, there's a ball in the sky. And I was like, Yes, it's the moon. He's like, reach, reach, mom. And he starts like jumping to try to reach the, the ball in the sky. And I, before I can like interrupt him, because he's just like, ball, sky, reach, ball, sky. It's like trying to tell him it's the moon. Next thing I know, he's telling me to go get a ladder. It's like, mommy, ladder, ball, reach, sky. Mommy, just like over and over. And it was the cutest thing, but it just showed me how, how even at an early age, we're fascinated with light. Does anyone hear you like the sunrise? I kind of prefer the sunset. <laughs> you don't have to wake up early for the sunset and it's still gorgeous. Yes, God, we love that. Thank you. <laughs> but we love lights. And it's interesting because all light is, is it's energy that's been converted into power. And God calls us to be the light of the world. To take the energy that he gives us from the Holy Spirit, from his word, from his presence. And to begin to walk in power. I'll never forget when we changed our lights in our home in California, someone gave us a chandelier, praise God, for nice hand-me-downs. They were like, we don't want this anymore. You know, that's really pretty. And we put it in our bathroom. And I'll never forget when I walked in there, I was like, oh my gosh. And it blew me away. And all we did was change the light, but the entire room felt different. Nothing had changed, but the room just felt completely different, and all we did was add a light. No paint was changed, no furniture, but the light has changed because light has power to bring about change. The Bible tells us to be salt and light. You want to know why? Those are changing agents. They bring about change, and God has called us to be the light of the world, that every world you walk into you're bringing change. When you're walking into your work world, you're bringing change. And nothing else in the world has changed except for you. When you walk into your business, things begin to change. When you walk in to your home, to your family, to the grocery store, wherever it is that you go, whatever world the Lord has placed you in, there begins to be a change in the atmosphere, in the environment, because you carry the power of Jesus Christ. God has called us to be light 
in this world, that other people would actually benefit from our light. Did you know that? Did you know the light isn't just for you or just for everyone to see how pretty you look in your light? But it's so that others will actually benefit from your light. That's why you place the lamp on a stand. Why? Because it can light up the whole room. We are called to have others be better because of us. Because they were around us. Because they were in our presence, they're better. Does it, do you have anyone in your life like that where you hang out with them and you're just better when you're with them? You feel encouraged. You feel empowered. You feel like you can do anything because you're with that person. And I believe that we need to be a church where we don't leave people as they are, but we leave them better than when they came. Because they were in our presence. Because our light was shining. What if, what if we made people stand up to a higher standard, live up to a higher standard? What if it wasn't okay to make jokes like that? around me? What if it wasn't okay to use language like that around me? And we actually call people to a higher standard and we call them to be better because the light that is on the inside of us is greater than the darkness that would surround us. God has called you to be light and to illuminate every world and every room that you walk into. You see, faith was never meant to be exclusive. Faith was never meant to be kept a secret. Faith was never meant to be private. It's always been inclusive. Faith is meant to draw people in. Faith is meant to reach out and bring them in. Are all of our prayers only benefiting us? If God answered every prayer, would would the world look better or would your life look better? Does every prayer we pray directly benefit my life, my job, my healing, my promotion, my family, or is the world better because we're praying people? The world around me is better because I am the light and because I pray. You want to know why our business is doing great? Because I've been praying that God would begin to open up doors of favor. That everywhere we go, people would be better because we're praying for them. You're meant to be light. You're meant to be salt, to bring about change. I want to read you a quote. It says, men will never see God except as they see him in you. Jesus visits your community every time you do. Every community that you walk into, Jesus has just visited. Can I ask a question? What does Jesus look like to our community? Is he loving? Is he graceful? Is he kind? Is he gentle? Is he harsh? Is he angry? Everywhere that you walk, you're a representation of Jesus. And I know you know that, but do we walk like that? Do we walk into the gas station angry because it's hot and I'm sweating and I don't want to do this? Or do we walk in there like, yes, it's hot, but I'm going to love someone in here today. Simply with a smile. You know, you can change people's worlds by simply smiling. Sounds so silly. Or, hey, how are you doing? Right? It's easy to stay in our own world. It's harder to get out and get in other people's worlds. But God has called us to be light, to get involved, to be engaged. Your faith was never meant to be private. See, a lot of times we think, okay, I'm going to spend my quiet time with Jesus. I'm going to do it from 6 to 6.30. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to leave Jesus in there while I go to work right? And we think that's my time with Jesus. But no, 
The purpose of our quiet time, the purpose of spending time with Jesus is so we can make a difference. Is to get us filled up and ready to go for the day. Is to get us set on fire to get the victory, to get the right perspective and the right mindset so we can see the miraculous in our everyday, ordinary, mundane life. That's the purpose. You can't say you have the victory and walk around looking defeated. There's got to be something different about us. We have to be set apart. We can't look like the world but claim to be something else. The Bible says that you are to be in the world but not of it. That means I'm in the world. I'm not separated from reality. I'm not so spiritually minded that I'm no earthly good. No, I'm in reality, and I see the world from heaven's point of view. That's what it means to be in the world and not of it. I see my boss, or I see this angry person, or I see this. I don't see it in the natural. I see it as someone who's hurting, someone who has pain they haven't dealt with. I see it as someone who's insecure, riddled with fear. I don't see the natural symptoms. I begin to see people from heaven's point of view. That's how I can make an eternal kingdom impact for Jesus. We are called to be light and to be salt. We need to go public with our faith. You see, I think a lot of times we're like, God, it's so dark. Just change it. Just fix it, God. And we want God to be the fix it. Like just, you can do it, God. Just do it. And God is saying, okay, I'll do it. But I want to use you. You see, God lights you on fire for you, but also for people around you. He's not going to light you on fire so you can go hide in your closet. He's not going to light you on fire so you can sit over here in your comfort zone. He lights us on fire so we can get up and we can go do something for the kingdom of God. God's saying, I'll change the world, but I want to use you. And a lot of times we're like, it's so dark. I can't do it. Yes, you can. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is on the inside of you. Can I tell you today that he has empowered you? He has equipped you. He has graced you to stand in the midst of darkness. You know when light is most effective? When it's in the dark. So if you're in a dark season, if you're in a dark place and you don't understand, can I tell you, you're there on purpose to make a difference and to be effective for the kingdom of God? We are to be light in the midst of darkness. We're to carry something different inside of us. To not look like the world, but be different. Something has to set us apart that people would be drawn to us. What is it about you? Why are you always so happy? Why do you always have joy? Why are you always telling people compliments and nice things? Well, I think it. And I think God thinks it. Just want to encourage them, right? There's something different that will draw people to us. But until we get passionate about our salvation, people will never know they are lost. You see, if you're walking around moping, complaining, life's hard, you're walking around saying things you shouldn't say, doing things you shouldn't do, what sets you apart? Why would they want to be a Christian when your lives look the exact same? Right? There has to be something different about us because it's, it's that different factor, which is the Jesus factor, that draws people. It's not how great we are. It's not my accolades. It's not my academic success, my financial success. It's Jesus that sets me apart, that sets you apart to stand and walk in whatever world that you're walking into. You see, I think the problem we have is we've had a lot of 
religious folk. Y'all say religious folk. Religious folk thinking they're being the light. They think they're shining brightly. They think they're doing things for Jesus. But instead of being the light and simply illuminating a room, they have taken the light and they're now blinding people with the light, with rules, with manly standards, with religion, with legalism. And we're blinding people with what we think is Jesus. But what's the first thing you do when someone shines a flashlight in your eyes? I don't like that. No. And I think we've done that to people in the world where we thought we were being light, but instead we were just preaching at people. We weren't being Jesus. We were telling them how they're not Jesus. And I have found if you have to tell me how spiritual you are, if you have to tell me all the scriptures that you know, you might be overcompensating for something you don't have. Instead of being the light, if I've got to shine it and tell everybody I am this and I am that, then you must not be that. God has not called you to shine the light. He's told you to be it. Illuminate the place. Every room you walk into, every situation, be the light. And I I think if you asked the religious leaders in Jerusalem, do you know the God that you're defending? I think they would have said, Yes, we've known the God of Israel for centuries, and he has walked with us. And they would have used a bunch of ifs and thou hasteth, right? Because they're awesome. But Jesus said, I never knew you. You see, it's interesting and scary that you can know scriptures. You can know chapters and verses and ideologies and theologies and doctrines. You can know all of this stuff and have knowledge but you don't know Jesus. See, I can know about you, but that doesn't mean I know you. You can know about him, but that doesn't mean you know him. See, some of us, we try to have a light, but we're not connected to the source, so we have no power. All we have is words. It's great to have knowledge. I'm all for it, but if you don't know Jesus, what's the point? So you can go verbally tell everybody how much you know that does no good. You need to be Jesus, not tell everyone how they're not Jesus. We've got to be connected to the source. Because you see, genuine evangelism comes from relationship. If you genuinely want to reach out to people, it just comes from relationship with Jesus. If you hang out with me long enough, I'm going to tell you a story about my husband, my kids, my dog, my family. Because those are important relationships to me. I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. I'm going to tell you what happened in my life group. I'm going to tell you how my life was changed through this sermon or another. There's just a natural flow to it. I don't have to work to tell anyone. It just comes out in conversation because it's an important relationship to me. Right? Let's read, I want to read a scripture. John chapter 15 verse 27. I'm going to read it up here. It says, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You will bear witness. And what I think is interesting about this scripture is a lot of times we go do witnessing. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing witnessing. I'm all for it. But I don't think that you're supposed to do witnessing from 6 to 7 on a Friday night and then you hang it back up. 
The Bible calls us to bear witness. What does that mean? That means he's calling us to be a witness. Not to always go do witnessing, but to be a witness with your life. God doesn't want you to do witnessing on a Friday night only. He wants you to be it in your Monday, in your Tuesday, in your Wednesday. When things are hard, he wants your life to speak louder than your words. The life that you live will always preach louder than the words you speak. People don't get saved because you have pretty speech, because you have eloquent words, because you have knowledge. You want to know why people say yes to Jesus? Because he draws them. Because they've seen his love be consistent. There's a, um, a, 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 let me read this really quick. I want to prove to you what I'm saying. It's in what we read, Matthew chapter 5. And it says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. And this will cause people to praise Jesus. Your good deeds shine. Not your good words, not your good whatever else. Your good deeds will cause people, will draw people to Jesus. There's a story of a girl back in Modesto in our youth group. And um, she came to church for the first time. She came with a friend, and um, she ended up saying yes to Jesus that night. Got totally just changed and transformed. She looked different. Her countenance was different. She was glowing. She was so excited about the decision she just made. She felt lighter. Have any of you ever experienced Christ? You literally feel like you lost 30 pounds. You just got lighter. This was that girl. Powerful encounter. And she goes home so excited on fire. She can't wait to tell her parents. So she tells her parents, and they're furious. We don't go to church. I didn't know you were going to church tonight. I thought you were hanging out with your friends. Don't ever go to that church again. We don't do that here. So she's devastated. She calls. What do, what do I do? What do I, I don't know what to do. My parents said I can't go. We say, well, the Bible says you have to honor your father and your mother. So you need to honor them. So don't come, but you've got a Bible. We gave her a Bible that night. We said church isn't just on a Wednesday night or Sunday morning. You can have church anywhere. You can have church in your room. You can have church in your car. You can have church anytime you want to have church. Jesus will visit you. He'll speak to you. So she just began to get to know Jesus. She was reading her Bible, spending time with him, probably listening to podcasts and things. Anyways, time goes by, and her parents finally pull her in, and they say, what is going on? What is, what, you're different. You're not the same. You don't act the same. You don't talk the same. You don't talk back. You don't dress the same. What, what, why, what is this? And in that moment, she was able to witness to them and to tell them about Jesus. And it's funny because they didn't, she was able to lead them to the Lord, but they didn't come to Jesus because she first told them about everything. She lived it. It was her life that caused, what, what is going on? Something's different about you. And she was able to do witnessing after she had been a witness. I think so many times we try to force witnessing when God just wants you to be it. He just wants you to be light in the midst of darkness, in whatever world you're occupying. He wants you to be light in that world. How you honor your boss, how you honor your coworkers, how you honor your spouse, your kids, 
strangers that you don't know, how you treat people, that will speak louder than your words or your tweets or your Instagram ever can. Your life is a message. What if we began to live what we profess to believe? What if we began to have the abundant life, full of grace, full of mercy, full of love, full of kindness and gentleness? What if we lived that? You say, Lindsay, that's hard. Would say, I know. I live in this world too and it's hard. But he will empower you and equip you to do it. And can I tell you something? When you don't get it right and you lash out or you get angry or frustrated with someone, you know it's amazing because you don't see this today. If you walk to that person, you say, hey, I just, I just want to say sorry. I shouldn't have responded the way that I did. Will you please forgive me? Do you know that person will probably meet Jesus right there in that moment? Because how does anyone ever do that? No, everyone just acts like that's a normal part of their character and their life. But what if you begin to call yourself out on your own character? And you begin to say, I'm sorry, this is not Christ-like, and I didn't mean to behave that way. Please forgive me. I want to do better next time. You know, I recently heard in a sermon, he was talking about Peter walking on water. And he was saying, it's just this one line that stuck with me. As Peter was standing on the water with Jesus, he said, I want to live my life in such a way where the only reason I'm standing where I'm standing is because of Jesus and because he called me. Because you see, it's easy to sit in the boat and to watch God do things through people. But it's harder to get out of the boat and allow God to use you to make a change in your world. You see, Christianity, it's not a spectator sport. You don't sit and clap. You can, that's great. But God wants you to get into contact sport. He wants you to be contagious with every person you come in contact with. We don't need more conferences. We don't need more crusades. We don't need to bring more people in. We need more Christians being Christians. We need more people who are connected to the source and begin to walk in power. We need people to not sit in the boat and cower in fear, but begin to rise up and say, yes, I will be that woman. I will be that man of God that you've called me to be, and I will illuminate every world that I walk into. He has empowered you. He has equipped you. You don't need to do another thing. You don't need to get another accolade. You just need to say yes. You just need to step out. If you want to see something different, you have to do something different. Let's begin to light it up, church. Let's begin to light up our workplaces. Let's begin to light up our campuses. Let's begin to light it up. I don't want to be okay with complacency. I want to begin to step out and say, you know what? I'm uncomfortable, but bless God. Someone will meet Jesus today. Amen. Y'all can stand. I'm done. Listen, God wants to use you. He has empowered and equipped you right where you are. But in order to be light, you have to be connected. You don't need to go try to do this. Just be it. Be Jesus to people. Just be love. Just be light. Illuminate. Change atmospheres. Why? Because you walked in the room. Can I tell you, we serve a God when he speaks, something happens. God said, let there be light, and there was light. All you need is a word. He brings order into chaos. Can I tell you, he'll bring beauty from your ashes. 
He'll bring fullness where there was emptiness. He'll bring an abundance where there was lack. This is the God we serve. It takes one word, and it's done. Would you bow your heads all over this place?